Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the Washington Redskins firing Jay Gruden. We also talk about the Cleveland Browns and their slow start. Is there a chance for them to get to turn the season around? We talk about that and more, so much more. We also talk about the MLB playoffs. Um, now, with the Yankees moving on, we talk about all the series tied at 2-2. And we're going to see who moves on into the championship series. And we also talk about the NBA and the situation going on with China. My co-hosts, Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross, join me on Quarles on Guys Talking Sports. And that begins right now. Due to technical difficulties, we are now joining Guys Talking Sports, currently already in progress. All right, so real quick, I have a quick question in regards to the Odell Beckham situation. Um, my question is that he only had, I think, about two catches um, in the last game. Um, do you think that it's um, they should start feeding um, OBJ the, 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 the ball more? And what do you think the fact that he hasn't really said anything, do you think that that speaks volumes to the fact that, you know, he hasn't, like complained or anything at this stage because of the amount of cut touches that he hasn't got um him being you know one of the supreme wide receivers out there um what are your take in regards to obj and how he's handling this situation i don't think it's a scenario where baker isn't trying to get the ball to, uh, to odell i think that the coverages are keying in on odell and that's why jarvis is open all the damn time he's the one that's getting open and he's the one that's making all the catches. Now, I think in order to – I think the, the absence of Njoku, the tight end, and Cleveland not truly identifying a run game is hindering OBJ. Because if they ran the ball more and utilized the tight end more, you'll find that OBJ will have more open opportunities to catch the rock. Even last season when OBJ was putting in work, it's still because of Saquon and um, and the Giants tight end, Evan Ingram, was able to at least do a little something to provide OBJ the opportunity to catch, the, catch some passes. But then again, he also worked with Eli Manning. So, you know, he's still a savvy veteran that understands defenses and such. And Baker is still trying to understand the nuances of the NFL. I'm not saying that Baker won't be a great quarterback. I, I still think he has the opportunity to do so. It's just that he thought it was pretty easy last season and it was only because they just didn't have much on you to, to, to scout you. And defensive coordinators having time to really break down defenses and key in on what your what your faults are. <laughs> and he's realized now that this is much different than, than college. And that even the, the most crappiest of NFL teams' defense can sit there and key in on your weaknesses and make you look like crap. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, I don't – they shouldn't, like, primarily focus on Obi because I think that would be hurtful. I think they need to kind of mix them up and use them in different positions. I've watched the game – not all of it, but I watched, um, like, the first half up to the second. You got to really move Odell around, move him in the slot, move him out, kind of move him around. Don't give the defense um, time to kind of cue on him, get him in motion, hit him at the slot, you know, put him in a bunch of formations, allow him to kind of hit him on slant passes, quick passes where he can get the ball and run after the catch, which is where he was most effective. And then you can kind of get him downfield over the top, but you got to have a run game. Like A said, 
that that the defense will fear. They have Nick Chubb, who's a really good running back. Um, they got to get some lanes for him because, of course, that's going to bring in that safety down because right. you're worrying about the run. That's going to free everybody leaving you man-to-man coverage on them. And once that happens, then you'll see Odell, you know, be able to get free more passes. Jarvis Landry also will get some more touches. So, um, Joko, like you said, is is not that underneath route, so you don't have a safety having to worry about sitting on him. He can just kind of float in the you know in the back and play too up, you know, too high, or just um, you know, freelance on OBJ. So I, you don't press it, but. I think the reason why OBJ hasn't said anything because he was so vocal about not really getting a whole lot of touches back in New York. So if he comes here and says the same exact thing, then A, it's going to justify why the Giants, you know, after paying you all this money, got rid of you. And two, it's just going to play into the fact that it's always about, you know, them, 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 not me, me, me. And that's not going to look good for your brand. So if I was his manager, I'm probably like, I know how you feel. But kind of keep quiet for right now and just let's try to play to win because then you're going to play into the hands of why the New York football giants opted to give you way. Now, they're giving you way wound up being Daniel Jones, which wound up turning into probably their franchise quarterback. So right now, New York is looking a little bit good in a sense. But um, I think unless something really goes off the rails, he's probably going to try to be quiet for this season. I agree. I agree because he, then he looks like a crybaby that cried his way out of New York when he would have had a better situation staying in New York. But And trust me, if he was quiet, New York would have loved to have him, Saquon, and Daniel Jones who can throw a deep ball pretty darn good on the same squad. They would love that as compared to what the fuck they got right now, which is <laughs> nothing, nothing for a receiving core. I mean, it's it's bad. <laughs> yeah. I don't say it's, it's not the worst, but it's up there. <laughs> but I, I kind of agree with what you were saying in, in that regards because, let's, I mean, let's be honest. Look what just happened with Minnesota with Kirk Cousins and Adam, um, I forgot his name. Uh, Yes. Um, You know, after putting more focus on that, um, I think that they ran some more plays to get the wide receivers more, you know, um, more touches. So I think that at the end of the day that they still did what was necessary. And given time, I think that that will play out. Cleveland just had to follow that blueprint. And like you said, do some more motion to get um, OBJ a little bit more involved. I think that alone will help continue to trend to go upward. And they definitely need a trend to go upward because the next five games, they got they got the Seahawks, the Patriots, Broncos, Bills, and Steelers. So they they have their work cut out for them. But you see in, uh, in the game on Monday, that they realize and they're not getting him to rock via the pass, so they're trying to get him involved in the run game on jet sweeps and different things just so that he has some touches. So they're, they're trying to get imaginative with him, but for whatever reason, uh, Baker just isn't getting him to rock enough when it comes to the passing game. Yeah, and like they were doing 
trying to do the same things the Giants did, but, you know, Baker's got to be able to read them defenses a little bit better, get your pre, you know, your pre-coverage reads so you can be able to audible and call some hot reads. Because right now what the, what the um, 49ers are doing and other teams have done is they're pressuring him right up the middle. And since he's small and the defensive lines are tall, he can't see over the middle. So they're going to have to get him in some bootleg motions and run him out because all you're going to do is just send your, your um, lineman blitz right up the right up the middle and he can't see over it and you saw what happened he was getting sacked all night and hit yeah but hopefully like i said before that hopefully um the browns can turn things around um so that it's much more beneficial um and i really think that like you said it's the season's still young um but it does look like you know there's some issues that they need to address first um hopefully they could do that going forward as the season goes on. Um, so, um, real quick, I have to ask Ace, are you satisfied with your 49ers and how they're playing so far? I think they played very well. I just learned we lost our right tackle uh, to season-ending uh, surgery. So, we lost our starting left and right tackle. Oh! Yeah, so that's not uh, not looking good for the home team. But I'm optimistic. You know, we're 4-0. Um, still a long season. I've seen teams start off 4-0 and finish 4-12, so I'm not getting excited until <laughs> at least I know somewhere mid-halfway point where at least if they win nine games, they can make the playoffs possibly. <laughs> but until then, it's a week-to-week league, and I like the creativity of the offense. Uh, I like how they were having some issues getting Kittle the ball in the beginning, so what they do, like OBJ, incorporated him into the run game as well. Got him some touches via running the ball a little bit, and then it loosened up the defense, and then he was able to hit the scene for that touchdown. So, cautiously optimistic. Uh, I need to see a little bit more product. Uh, I need to see how the offensive line is going to do now with without their two starting tackles, and then uh, I'll go from there. <laughs> yeah, I am. I, I, I am highly. Surprised the 49ers. Um, compared to where we started off in preseason, everybody thought Jimmy couldn't throw it 10 yards, and now they're 4 0, and you don't hear a peep out of Jimmy G. So, uh, right now he's all good, but that's a very competitive West. I mean, uh, I think the Rams, I think the Rams will eventually get it turned around, probably a little bit too little too late, but your toughest opponent is definitely going to be Seattle. Um, so if you guys have you guys haven't played Seattle yet, have you? Yeah. Uh, we'll be soon. soon, yeah. That's I think between y'all two is going to be who's going to come out that that division winner. So, uh, and the way the rest of the league is coming up, you might get two teams. You may get two teams out of the NFC West. It could be sent. Well, we'll see <laughs> with San Fran and see if this is a, you know, if this is a trend or it's just a blip. <laughs> well. I still think the Rams are kicking themselves by signing that damn running back to that long-term deal. Because uh, now you heard he's suffering from a quad injury. But ain't me, it's the quad. It's something wrong with his legs. Like, don't get me wrong, no first two years, he was peaceful in the league, first two or three years. But, yeah, they should never allow but, but then again, you know what? The NFL, this is the NFL. Well, they gave him a lot of guaranteed money. You know, so, I mean, he fulfilled his guaranteed aspect of things. So. He'd be able to, you know, to keep his money, but I guarantee they, 
it'll be very rare that you'll find a team that sit there and invest long term into a running back position going forward. And you saw, you know, the Cowboys went kicking and screaming with with Elliott because they they really didn't want to give him what they gave him. Mm-hmm. Right. But they realized they wouldn't be shit without him either. You're <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. And I think the Rams, I, I thought they were stupid by letting C.J. Anderson go because damn it, they ain't carried a – he wasn't carrying the water for him when um, when Todd Gurley was hurt in the playoffs going mm-hmm. in there. Shit, if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't have got to the Super Bowl. Correct. 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 Completely well, agree. that Gurley was going to come back healthy. <laughs> no, I would have kept him around for an insurance policy just in case. And look what's happening right now. That offense ain't running not nearly as it as it used to because Todd Gurley is not that fear fear that fear back in the backfield. Exactly. Exactly. Just like how uh, Philly kept kept uh, kept Foles around just in case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Their problems are running too. You know, AJ Ajay, they ain't look right since. And they were looking, they ain't look right last year at AJ Ajay. Fine, so important to have that running back. <laughs> what, so, where he end up anyway um, this season? Huh? Where's he at this season? AJ Ajay? I don't even know if he's on the team. Damn. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Went from having a hell of a season to getting traded to Philly, now not even in the league. Wow. He, got, he, got, he got a ring out of it. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that. He could go out on his high horse, man. Yeah, yeah. But we could get to you talking more about the NFL season um, because we're definitely going to have a lot more to talk about. But let's get right into the MLB season, um, the playoffs, actually, um, just coming out. Um as, of course, Yankees win their series 3-0 against the Twins um, with that score of 5-1. Hey, um, hey, 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 hey. You said the Yankees weren't going to do shit. I didn't say that. I said that the Yankees was going to have trouble with the Twins. I thought that the Yankees – He did say he did say that. He didn't sound – he said trouble with the Twins. I don't think he did say – I said it was going to be a close series. I said this. I said it was going to be the close series with the Yankees, and I said it was going to be a close series with the Astros. I said I would not be surprised if the Twins were to win that series. I didn't say that the Yankees was completely going to lay an egg, a goose egg, and bomb out. I said I would not be surprised. I'm gonna have to go back to the field, Jake. <laughs> I think you did say that. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't dead the Yankees. Nah, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> just because I'm a, just because I'm an avid Yankees hater doesn't mean that I'm gonna do. I'm happy you recognize. No, but all jokes, all jokes aside. Um, Nationals and, and Dodgers tied their series. Actually, yeah, the National and Dodgers tied their series two up. Right now, the Dodgers leading the Nationals three nothing um, in the best of uh, five series. Um, also, we got the Rays beating the Astros to tie their series up. Um, the Cardinals win their series against the Braves with thirteen to one. They clobbered them. So, real quick, let me get your thoughts about the MLB playoffs and what's your take on everything that's been going so, going on so far. Uh, I guess to start with me. Um, Go ahead, you resident baseball fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a feeling that Tampa could, could uh, take it to the Astros. 
Tampa, they they weren't no slouch. They won ninety some odd games this past season, so they're not no no pansy walking into the uh, into the playoffs. So I had a strange feeling that they they could pull something like this off. Now tomorrow I'll tell if they if they're able to pull that off, and if they do, oh, it's going to be an epic ALCS. You know, because you got two teams who play each other twenty some odd times throughout the regular season, so they know each other's tendencies. So I think it could easily go seven if uh, New York, Tampa Bay end up in the ALCS. Um, if, of course, all the media wants, you know, a Houston-New York uh, rematch from two years ago when the Yankees kind of made it into the playoffs when they shouldn't have and got to the ALCS and was a, out a way or two from making it to the World Series. So, of course, that's what everybody wants. Um, either way, if if Tampa beats Houston, then I take New York going to the World Series. If Astros beats Tampa, then I think the series will go seven either way, but I think Astros will come out on top. Um, AL of um, the NL, man, what can you say about St. Louis today? Put dropping ten in the first inning on uh, Atlanta. Whew. Damn. <laughs> <Enough said. laughs> um I still think the Nationals have a chance to pull it out, but I don't think they're going to pull it out tonight. Um, they are the cardiac kids. I think they have an opportunity to come back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so St. Louis, L.A. L.A., of course, is a better team than St. Louis. So L.A., it's either going to be L.A., Houston, L.A., New York, World Series. Yeah, I, I you know for me, I guess my my one pick that said that Atlanta would would um upset St. Louis, and that that was you know roughly disputed today with a ten inning run. So um, I mean a ten inning ten run inning <laughs> in the last game. So what can you say about that? I mean Atlanta just wet the bed, and after the first inning, that was pretty much it. It was just you know coasting at that particular point, but. Um, credit Tampa, you know Tampa Bay for really making it a series with Houston. I don't, I don't know if Houston probably thought they were going to wind up being two-two. Um, after the first game, it looked like um, they might have it with a wrap with that with that pitching that they got. But Tampa Bay came at them in that last game and really rocked them, you know, early and looked like Houston just almost like a bully getting hit, to, you know, in the in the nose a few times and they just like kind of you know back off. You know, I was watching that game. That's what it looked like what happened. Tampa Bay rocked them a couple of times early in the game, and Houston could never just get themselves any kind of good footing. Um, I think L.A. will probably should win that series, but I, but I wouldn't count out um, the Nats making some kind of late run. Um, but, um, but credit the Yankees for putting out another 100-plus team win. They just – they seem to have the Minnesota Twins number. I mean – I don't know, Ace. What is what is it with the um the twins that they? I mean, Minnesota that you guys just seem to. I, I don't know. I mean, I, like I talked about it last week. I mean, the Yankees just just sustained so many injuries and was able to fight through all those injuries, still put up a hundred plus win team, and now their coach, uh, Aaron Boone, has difficult decisions about who the hell is he going to put on an active roster versus he doesn't. You know, just, uh, you know, uh, Alex Hicks, 
talk about the, their regular starting center fielder is talking about he's healthy, he wants to play. But then you got Maven out there putting in work as the backup, you know, defensive center fielder come to seventh inning. And then now you got CC talking about he feels good that he wants to play. But then where do you put CC? Because he's not a starting pitcher. They want to put him in, in relief. Zach Britton turned his ankle in the last game against Tampa, uh, against Minnesota, but he's healthy enough to clear. Uh, what's my man, the closer? Uh, Chapman got his hand hit with a bottle, his pitching hand hit with a bottle during the during the champagne. Yo, what are you doing in there with the shit? <laughs> what are you doing to hit someone in the hand with a champagne bottle? Especially a picture of all people you want to hit. I mean, for Christ's sake. I don't know, but he's talking about he healthy. I mean, he has an embarrassment of riches to sit there and deal with, to put on his active roster, and he can't make everybody happy. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying that the Yankees are automatic by no stretch of the imagination because their starting pitching still is not on the caliber of L.A., not in the caliber of Houston. No, because they were damn sure uh, shaky in game two and game three. <laughs> so I'm just like, you know, they just got to keep doing what they're doing. Uh, I, I'm thrilled. You know, I, of course, I would rather see Tampa than Houston. Who wants to see Verlander? Who wants to see uh, Corbin? And uh, I can't even think of the third picture that they got right now. But nobody wants to see that death threesome. Versus Tampa Bay, they just kind of just throw people out to out there and just hope that you just kind of knock one around when they come out. So go bombers, go 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 Bronx bombers all the way. Uh, let's put Al, you know, let's shut Al up and oh, <laughs> um, kind of to be honest, I do kind of want to. I mean, I get Houston is the team to beat at this stage, but I kind of. We're kind of hoping to see Tampa Way, the Tampa Rays um, get in there as well because I would love to see the Tampa Rays against the Yankees. That'll be that'll be epic. That'll be epic. I will have to admit, I would rather see that um, because that has a little bit more of the drama, um, so to speak, um, than Houston and New York. Um, but I also agree with you guys. I, I think right now the Major League playoffs is 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 very much in the swing of things to the point where a lot of fans right now is just really tuning in because you never know what's going to happen. And the way these series has been, majority of them 2-2, is anybody's game. Anybody's game at this stage. Yeah. Um, well, let me ask you this question. If Tampa Bay knocks out Houston, is this the end of Houston's kind of run? I don't think so. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was about to say, I could be, depending on what happened in the offseason. Uh, maybe not as one of the clear dominant ones, but if they still keep their starting pitching intact, then, then no. But, you know, like I said, it all depends what happens in the offseason. Well, yeah. I heard that Houston – isn't going to go out of their way to sign Corbin. So I understand that, you know, when you got three, di three dynamic pitchers that you got to sit there and throw a boatload of money at them. 
So to me, I guess that he's begging that somebody in the farm system could be just as good or a couple of players could be as good as a Corbin to make up for that for that difference. But I think – because, you know, in baseball, it's hard to be that team that goes there three, four years in a row in baseball. Um, so this will be Houston's third year or fourth year in the playoffs, but third year going deep in the playoffs. So I think this might be the end of their dynasty. I think – because, I mean, most teams go three times, and that's about it. It's just something about that fourth year is just, it's just virtually impossible. I think they'll be good, but I don't think they'll be as good as they've been in previous years. So you don't think that they'll make it back to where they are? You think they'll make the playoffs, but not to, like, they won't be in the same pedestal as, like, going to the championship series? You think they'll be good enough just to make it to the playoffs? That's what you're saying? I think if they don't sign Corbin, I don't think they make the playoffs next year. Hmm. I think they may have a year or two off, and then, then they're gonna have to sit there and deal with because by this point, um, Verlander, Verlander ain't getting no younger. I mean, he's still pitching lights out, but he ain't getting no younger. And then you know, Altuve might be still on the contract, but then you, how much money can you sit there and dole out to all these players that you think that you could play, you know, that that you could pay top dollars to? And sometimes somebody's gonna have to walk. That's what happened to most dynasties. <laughs> You know, yeah. eventually the money dries up. Yeah, I mean, but uh, I mean, they just got who was it? Um, an offseason. Um, Zach was it Zach that they um picked up mm-hmm. right at the trade deadline? Astros. That was Corbin. Patrick. Corbin. Yeah. Corbin. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. It. It. it it's. It's. That's a toughie. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's a difficult question to um to come up with. Me personally, I think that if they, you know, even if they lose Corbin, um, I think they may. I think they still have a chance to at least make the playoffs. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, now whether, of course, they go farther in the playoffs, I don't know. Um, I agree with Earl. It all depends on what happens in off season and what moves they make. To if they keep the status quo with the same group that they have, then, of course, you already know where they, they'll be. But it all depends on the off-season moves that they make. I, I worry about the Yankees. <laughs> well, they got a – they have good problems. <laughs> but, Very good problems. <laughs> however, you know the Sharks are already circling around that, around that team. So some or some bodies is probably not going to be on that team come next season. So um, I don't know what Cashman is going to do about trying to, you know, keep the band together. But, I mean, he's done a phenomenal job. I mean, this is – it's a credit that he didn't make any moves to trade any talent that he has right now because right now they're showing promise. Um, I think right now if they do make it, you know, the Houston Astros do do it. I mean, Houston Astros eventually win. The pitching is going to become a factor. And the Yankees are going to have to hop on the Astros early. and put them behind the eight ball. If they don't, um, and they get behind, it's going to probably be not impossible. But I mean, the pitching for that Astros, you don't want to get you know one or two down in the series and then try to come back because they can just keep throwing it at you. So, <sighs> I will say this though: if if they do play Houston um, in the playoffs, and if they do lose that, I can honestly see. The Yankees maybe 
um, taking some of the talent that they have and reinvesting it into some pitching. But the Yankees have pitching. I, I, I mean, I, I don't. I don't say that. That was that was the whole point of uh, Cashman not really going out there and getting anybody. Yeah. Be, no, no, I, I get that. Yeah, Batanzas, Servino, and a couple other jokers that were hurt. So I guess he just didn't see the need, and he felt as though they would come back in enough time. No, no, I I, I agree with that. What I'm just saying is, is that I would not be. Let me let me rephrase that. I would not be surprised if they reinvest in some more pitching. That's what I'm saying. Because I could see if they, I could see Cashman being that type of person. Well, saying if we lose by pitching, maybe we should invest in getting better pitching. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, that's interesting. Get another quality. <clears throat> Correct. I got you. I got you. Yeah, they, they, they do need. And you can even say to yourself, sure up that line. I mean, if that comes right down to it, yeah, I can see some sacrificial lambs on that squad being carted off, you know, to bring in, a, you know, a nice another um, pitcher, maybe a closer, maybe another starting starting pitching just to kind of shore up that line. And then just imagine if you have relatively, let's say, 90% of the same squad with better pitching, you know, if the Yankees lose this year, they'll undoubtedly be, you know, favorites going into next year. If they were able to upgrade their pitching, you know, more so in the offseason and only part with somebody that they would like to keep, but they don't necessarily have, have. to keep. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, well, we're almost coming up on the time, but real quick, before we before we go, um, of course, we got to talk a little bit about the NBA and <clears throat> the whole thing, the whole situation with China, start off with Daryl Morey, um, GM of the Rockets saying a tweet about democracy to, about Hong Kong and now it's blown up so to speak with Adam Silver responding as well and now it seems as though that games may not even be played um, in China now um, with teams that's over there so real quick let me get your quick thoughts about it and how you feel about this going on overall because China is at this point where they're saying that they will not show any NBA games and, you know, people are saying the, the, the fans out there got to hide themselves from being actual fans to watch these shows or, you know, doing the type of things that they want to do to support NBA. So real quick, let me get your thoughts on that. <clears throat> uh, well, first of all, before I say that, uh, let me say this. I wish, because I heard that, the, the man that currently occupies office of the president made some statements about Steve, towards Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich about their support of, you know, what Darren Morey said, or at least in support of free speech, per se, in a situation. So I wish one of them would have the balls to just tell the president to sit down, shut the fuck up, and worry about what's going on in Turkey and Syria right about now, and leave them the fuck alone. Now, to get back to... <laughs> you, man. You. <laughs> now, to get back to that, um, it's a lot of money in China. I think... They really got their panties in a bunch over there about something that he said, about Darmore he said. Um, very thin-skinned, but it's a very sensitive topic over there with Hong Kong and the protest. Um, a lot of money at stake. I think they're really, I think they're really being extra with it all right about now. Canceling games, not doing any streaming, yada yada yada. Is one GM on the Houston Rockets 
out of all the GMs and all the teams of all the players and all the owners, one GM out of hundred plus people employed by different NBA teams that made a tweet about, you know, the protests in Hong Kong. And now you want to, you know, you want to pop your chest off at everybody out there. So, well, I, before you, before you say that, um, because Adam Silver came out and defended Dal Morey's tweet. And I think that's what brought the storm with the NBA because they was already, when Daryl Morey tweeted, their whole hate was towards the Houston Rockets themselves. But when Adam Silver agreed and, you know, said the same exact thing in regards to defending Daryl Morey, that's when it blew up to more of the NBA of all the teams. Correct. Yeah. And, and I was going to say, yeah, he, he made a statement. They were coming at the Houston Rockets. The, the Rockets were trying to cover it up. He deleted a tweet. Adam Silverman didn't. Could, he didn't condemn the actual statements. He just, you know, um, stood behind them by able to be able to speak his mind per se in free speech. And they still got the paintings over in a bunch about that. It's a lot of money on both sides to be made. NBA doesn't want to lose that revenue that's being generated over there. China really doesn't want to lose all of the money that comes in with the NBA players that come into town, spend, you know, spend the money there. Nobody really wants to lose the money i think this will eventually all get worked out in some way um somebody may have to fall on their own sword on this one it ain't gonna be adam silverman adam silver so um it's a tense situation it's not looking good um but i think it's too much money to let for too much money at stake for this not to find some kind of ending to it. How it's going to be ending, how it's going to end, I'm not exactly sure, but I think no games, canceling all this stuff, I think it's just posturing. Like I said, it's too much money on both sides for this partnership to go, but you can't, how can one, I don't think it's right to be like that when someone's, you know, their free speech about, you know, a topic in Hong Kong. So, and I'm kind of trying to word this carefully, but I stand by what he's, you know, I stand by his freedom of speech and I stand by what he said. I don't give a you know, clear about it. However, there's too much money involved. I think this all gets worked out somehow. Um, I'm surprised that Despite the situation that Darren Murray wasn't more understanding of his his uh his surrounding and knew that how that particular country operates is not how our country operates, and that he was willing to put something like that something like that out while in China, <laughs> knowing everything that's going on. Um, I think that was kind of foolish of him, um, and I agree with you. Unfortunately, he may have to fall on the sword and, and take the fall on this. And Adam Silver is going to have to sit there and you say he backtracked a little bit, but he may have to sit there and do a little groveling with the Chinese uh, president to get things right again to say, look, my bad, you know, I understand things are different in the U.S. than it is in China. You know, I'm just saying that. I agree with Darren Mori as far as the right to, you know, the free speech and blase. It's unfortunate that he said what he said when he was there. How can I do this to make this right? 
what can I do to make it right? You know, in the NBA, might have to do a little groveling, a little ass kissing. But I agree with you. It might, it might, it might work its way out, or they might just take it. You know, take their business to Japan. <laughs> they have a uh, their economic uh, prowess is pretty damn strong over there too. If they want to, if they want to target an Asian audience, and not as big as China though. <laughs> I agree. As far as the country is concerned, the size, yes. But with technology, eh, Chinese citizens will find a way to sit there and stream those games and watch it. No different than how we use our technology to stream stuff we don't have access to. So they'll still get it. It just won't be legal. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, I'm not going to take up too much time um, in regards to this. Um, I'm just going to say that, you know, I agree. Daryl Morey has a... I agree. Daryl Morey has the freedom to say whatever he wants. That's part of being America. Um, I do agree, of course, that maybe he should have been a little bit, he should have known about the situation in China. I get that. But even if that's the case, he still can do whatever he wants at this stage. I mean, he's a grown man and grown man going to do some grown man things. And he also has to set the consequences for his actions. And I think that with everything that's going on in the NBA um, and in China, I think that hopefully they'll come to some compromise. Um, I will have to say this. I didn't know nothing about that, what the Steve Kerr comment or the um, um, Greg Popovich comment about Donald Trump. So with that being said, Smooth, I agree with you 100%. Um, I didn't even know that happened. I haven't been paying attention, but I agree with you 100%. You know, people that talk about glass houses shouldn't throw glass stones at other people's glass houses. I think it's a pot calling the kettle back with Donald Trump. So I'm not even going to dignify that with a response, but I am going to dignify this response to the Brooklyn Nets owner, Joe Tsai, about his open letter to um, <clears throat> Daryl Morey. Like, I get it that you're trying to 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 clean up everything so to speak um to try to bridge the gap but all jokes aside you just became the brooklyn nets owner not too long ago for um i think that what you this approach that you're taking um to try and bridge it i understand but you also got to understand that this is still america and you can't criticize about people's free speech it just doesn't work that way. So, yes, I am criticizing Joe, Joe Tsai about what he did as far as the open letter. Because if you're going to criticize Daryl Morey about his um, his democracy of freedom of free speech, then we should also criticize you if you're trying to criticize someone else about their freedom of speech. It's just basically bottom line. Just because he doesn't know nothing about China doesn't mean that what he says is either true or not true. But so you can't really respond to something like that. Just like you have a freedom of speech to basically criticize Daryl Morey, I may not agree with it, but it's everybody's freedom of speech. And if they feel as though that they want to respond, then by all means, they should respond. Just like I hope Steve Kerr responds to Donald Trump about him saying about what he said about Steve Kerr and um, Greg Popovich. But that's just the nature of being living in America. That's just the nature of everybody has the right to say what they want and say how they fit. So I hope that with the NBA in China, I hope they get it to a point where it's compromised, uh, where their fans in China can actually enjoy the NBA games without having to cover their face um, and, and worry about, you know, the government trying to, you know, censor them for whatever reason because they're, they're true NBA fans. I think that's something that needs to be addressed. And to be honest, hopefully they can bridge that gap going forward. Well said. Mm -hmm. um, so 
I know that the hour is far spent and I know we have a lot that we could discuss more on, but we have plenty of time to do that on the next episode of Guys Talking Sports. So for right now, fellas, let them know where they can reach you at. Find me in the corner of um, Leland and Terrell. Oh, no, that's Leland and Terrell. Even cross the seventh and Leland. Anyway, um, you can find me on um, um, Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, uh, J.E. Ross, the number seven. You can find me on Twitter. That's CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And, of course, you can find me at Braves on First Friday. Oh, that's back in the day. I'm so sorry. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Quarles. Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Quarles. You can also catch guys talking sports on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Apple. Uh, podcast now. Um, you can also find us on SoundCloud. You can also subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, appreciate all the love and support. We'll make sure we push out all the clips that we have of guys talking sports so that you're able to see how we, as three, three men, talk about sports on a regular basis and enjoy talking about sports. Um, but for right now, this is Guys Talking Sports. Appreciate all the love and support. I'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. Until next time, you guys, God bless. Take care and have a good one.